You're listening to The Self-Worth Edit, the podcast inspiring South Asian women and beyond to quit playing small and start trusting the power and wisdom within. Join me, Noshin, on Mondays as I share insightful conversations, tips for healthier ways of thinking, and lessons in healing our relationships with ourselves. Thanks for tuning in to The Self-Worth Edit. Here we go. Hi loves, welcome back to the self-worth edit. Today, I want to talk with you about toxic guilt in the decision-making process and how to overcome it. But before I get into that, I want to address some current events that are going on. Because as I'll get into in the episode, guilt isn't always toxic. Sometimes it's there In a healthy way, it's there to teach us something, to bring to light something, some area where we could be showing up differently. And with the current events and injustices happening in the world around us, perhaps you're feeling guilt about that. And since this episode is more about personal guilt as it relates to our loved ones and family members, um, and really more about personal life decisions and not about the world at large, I did want to address that at least in the introduction. So if you are feeling, I'm sure you're feeling a million different things like me, but if guilt is one of the emotions that you're feeling with regard to what's going on in the world around us, take that as an invitation to learn why and to adjust your actions your words, your mindsets accordingly. You know, all of our emotions at the end of the day are there to are there as indicators to teach us something, to bring light to something, uh, some experience we're having, maybe even on a subconscious level. And so if you look at the world around and you feel guilt, explore why. It's really easy and tempting to numb out instead, but explore why that guilt is coming from and how you can ease it, and not just ease it for yourself, because of course, ideally, when you ease your sense of guilt, you feel better, but it's not just for you, right? It does have, hopefully, a positive impact on others as well. So maybe one way you might ease guilt if those feelings are coming up for you around the current situation is to educate yourself so that you are more confident and able to have difficult conversations with family and friends. Maybe it is to donate to a particular cause. Maybe it is to take action by joining a protest or signing a petition. Whatever that looks like for you, it does not have to be all of those things, but it should be something that helps you feel and know that you are making an impact And showing up the best way you can, whatever that looks like for you, in light of everything going on. So I did want to touch on that. I didn't want to talk about, you know, this episode about guilt without addressing the current events and how that might be coming up. And again, explaining that it could be an invitation for you to explore why you're feeling guilty and how to remedy it and how to contribute to fellow humanity. 
All right, let's get into it. We are talking that Daisy guilt. I mean, that brown girl guilt. It feels so right, hurts so bad, right? <laughs> More often than not, for us Daisy women, feeling guilty feels correct. You should feel guilty. Feeling guilty means you're caring, compassionate, and dutiful. Feeling guilty means you are good. In many ways, for us, guilt equals respect. And every so often, we may get a rush of, why should I feel guilty for that? The roots run so deep that often, shortly after such a thought, we feel guilty for even considering not feeling guilty. It's a vicious cycle. The truth is, this guilt we're taught to feel is not for us. It's against us. Think about it. When is this guilt most prevalent? Anytime we put ourselves first, anytime we prioritize our needs or desires and suspect that this may override someone else's. Anytime we offend someone else in the slightest by choosing what's best for us. Doing something good for ourselves, like asking for space or alone time for our sanity's sake, refusing a second helping of food when we're full, refusing prying questions into topics we're not comfortable discussing, choosing not to have kids when we're not ready, putting off or leaving a marriage, all unleash pulsating waves of guilt. Do you know that feeling I'm talking about? Personally, I believe guilt has been miswired in us Desi women. It's sort of like if our parents had taught us all at a young age, bear with me here, that the color blue is actually yellow. So, you know, we'd grow up thinking this were true, even when it didn't make any sense. Even when something felt off, we'd come back to seeing the color blue and calling it yellow because it would be such an embedded lesson, pure fact in our eyes, and it would feel wrong to see it any other way. Is that analogy making sense? Did that land? I hope so. (laughs) I don't know what it is with me and colors and teaching kids colors a certain way. I don't know. It sticks with me. But this is how it is with guilt. All emotions are actually signals to us. All of them are telling us what we need. So for example, when we feel anger, it tells us that someone has crossed a boundary that we set. When we're happy, it indicates we're safe, we're loved, we can relax. When we feel guilt, it should indicate we've done something wrong or bad, which isn't, which isn't a bad thing. This would help us realize that we may need to make amends to restore a social bond and return to a state of connection, or it might motivate us toward healthier behaviors. This is how healthy guilt works. Yes, there's such a thing. It guides us and allows us to course correct, to make sure that we're living lives of integrity. What often happens in our Desi societies, though, is that we learn to feel guilt for things that are not actually wrong. We learn to feel guilt for protecting and prioritizing ourselves. And the remedy here becomes for us to make amends through self-sacrifice. This is dangerous and irresponsible messaging. And we have to reprogram it within ourselves to adjust the message for future generations that putting yourself first without, obviously, without true harm to others 
is not only allowed but encouraged and responsible. That this advice of putting your own oxygen mask on first does not apply only during travel, but always. Now, no extreme emotion is a good place to make a decision from, and that includes guilt. But we do it instinctively all the time. When I was facing the end of my marriage, which I talked about in the last episode, I felt heaps and heaps of guilt, more than enough guilt to stop me in my tracks and keep me in that unhealthy situation forever if I had let it. Instead, I found different ways to talk myself off the ledge and ease the guilt when it came up, which it did often, especially in the beginning. So I want to share with you the techniques I applied to overcome the intense feelings of guilt as I made and held on to my big life-changing decision, which obviously affected many people. Territory ripe for guilt. The first technique to overcome feelings of guilt when you're trying to make a sound decision that serves you but that feels selfish is to wholly lean in to taking responsibility for yourself. Consider this. The universe, God, whatever force you believe created humanity chose you to be the bearer of your soul, the protector of your heart. So often, we put other people's needs first, even when we can't truly know what their needs are. Even though we have no real control over how they choose to live and view their lives, the reality is you are meant to look after yourself. You only have the power truly to take care of your own needs. This does not mean don't be helpful, don't raise your children, don't take care of your elders, or don't support your partners. It does not mean any of that. What it does mean is. Take care of yourself first and foremost, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. Because the only person who can truly, deeply take care of you in the most intimate, the most fulfilling, most comprehensive way is you. The only person who can really, really, to the depth, take care of your parent your child, of anyone, is themselves. Yeah, we can help each other in this life. We can guide each other. We can provide for each other. We can offer emotional, financial, all kinds of support to each other. And we can love each other. But there's a certain level of care and understanding that we all can only give to ourselves. Are you giving that to yourself? Are you trying to give it to someone else instead? We cannot fight anyone else's battles for them, just how they can't for us. Sacrificing your needs when making decisions about your life is not noble and selfless, okay? And I say this as someone who had to learn this lesson. In a lot of cases, it's martyrdom. And if you're tempted by martyrdom, If you know what is right and best and healthiest for you and you choose to ignore it in favor of satisfying what someone else might need, might need, you're doing a grave disservice to yourself and to those who rely on you. Though it may not seem like it in the moment, and that brings me to my next point or technique here, which is to think of your future self. 
Tossing out the lifelong need to put someone outside of ourselves first is not an easy overnight kind of thing to do, right? It requires a mindset shift, a behavior shift. So here's a little mind game you can play on yourself in the meantime. Step out of your current self and into your future self instead. In a sense, your future self is not you. Your future self is a different person. I mean, think about how different you are today than you were 10 years ago. Your future self is someone else, someone who will be extremely affected by the decisions you make in the present. So as you consider all the people your decision may hurt, help, or somehow affect, consider your future self the most. And then you can extend beyond that. So if you choose a decision that is not in your best favor in present day, okay, so if we play this out in your mind, because it makes you feel guilty thinking how others are affected in the present day, then I want you to think how your future self will be affected. Okay, if you choose a decision that's not good for you right now, how will your future self be affected? You'll probably continue to suffer, okay? But you might be thinking that's fine because it's better than making other people suffer right now. But as you think about your future self suffering, think about your future loved ones. How are they going to be affected? If the result of your current decision leads to a future version of you who is sad and unfulfilled and unsafe, wouldn't your loved ones in the future worry about you constantly? Might you begin to feel like a burden to them? Might that not lead to higher levels of what you're trying to avoid now? Guilt? And on the flip side, if you make a choice today that hurts those close to you, that maybe makes them feel shame or fear or whatever it may be, but you know it's the best thing for you, and it leads to a future version of yourself who is healthy, happy, and at peace, what would be the ripple effects of that on your loved ones? There you go. We cannot always live for our present selves. We're too in it. Sometimes we need to find ways to help ourselves be a bit more objective about our own lives. And applying this lens by looking at our future selves and our future loved ones and our future states can help do that. You can also apply this lens to your past self, by the way. So you can think about how would your childhood self feel about the decisions you're making and the reasons for it? Would they feel taken care of, loved, proud of the decisions you're making, or would they feel hurt, neglected? So this technique of putting yourself into your future self or your past self is really helpful when you're struggling with putting your individual self first. If you really need to, you know, hook on to how this is going to affect others, that's when I encourage you to think about your future self and your past self as the other, and then the future versions of your loved ones rather than current. And the final technique here is tried and true. Be your own friend. If you struggle to show yourself compassion and put yourself first, step outside of yourself again. But this time, think what you would say to a friend or loved one struggling to put themselves first. If you're always putting others first, turn yourself into the other. What advice would you give to your best friend, your sister, your parent, your child, someone you love deeply? 
if they were in your situation. And then do the thing that we always want our friends to do when we do give advice and take it. If it feels uncomfortable or selfish at first, let that friend voice guide you through until it becomes more natural for you to choose you. These are three real-life techniques and ways of thinking that I've used to coach myself through feelings of guilt as they bubble up for me, and I hope that they will help you. And I want to include this quote by one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and Big Magic. And she says, quote, universal self-compassion that does not include the self is not universal, end quote. Listen, you matter. The happiness and health of your being matter. The state of your soul contributes to the state of the collective universal soul. Don't leave it breaking, neglected, or wanting. Serve others, yes, by first serving yourself. You can find show notes, all of these techniques laid out on the website, selfworthedit.com. Thank you so much once again for tuning in and supporting the Self Worth Edit podcast. You can also connect with me on Instagram at the Self Worth Edit. Talk to you soon.